What up, people? It is Tuesday, April 13th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Um, I want to start off with two things today. Uh, first, I want to acknowledge my parents celebrated their 47th wedding anniversary yesterday. Um, I've talked about my parents before and how blessed I am to have both of them for once still alive and secondly still be married after 47 years um my parents are genuinely good people they're just genuinely good people and uh, i try to make them proud every day and i try to keep a close relationship with them as well because i know at some point they're not going to be here so i try to cherish every moment i have with them um both my parents, their parents are dead. And uh, so I just take advantage of the time I have with them. I spend a lot of time with both of them. Uh, and the cool thing about our relationship is I have great individual relationships with both of my parents. So my dad and I, poker's our thing, uh, playing cards. Almost every weekend we play gin rummy, just me and him. And it's always competitive, just kind of our thing. Uh, me and my mom, we like movies. We like some of the same TV shows. So I talk to her two or three times a week, uh, you know, just to see how she's doing or she'll call and check on me. So I'm just very blessed to have them. And I wanted to congratulate them and acknowledge 47 years of marriage. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I want to say rest in peace to DMX hip-hop icon, one of my favorite rappers on any playlist that I have, especially hip-hop playlist or uh, gym workout playlist, it's got to have some DMX on it. Uh, DMX, he was the equal parts hood and holy. DMX was a, a great rapper, uh, but also in interviews, you could see how much he cared about God and his faith, how important of a role that played in his life. Um, there are many videos of him praying and uh, thanking God for all he has, but he just had this demon of addiction uh, that he's had since 14 years old. And last week, I saw an interview he did where he explained how he got hooked on crack cocaine and he started crying it was a very touching and emotional interview and if you're a DMX fan I would definitely recommend looking it up but um, basically he said at 14 years old he had uh, somewhat of a mentor who was around 30 years old someone that he trusted that he looked up to um, they went out and did some robberies, which of course is not the, the best thing to do. They came back and the guy rolled up a joint and asked DMX to take a puff from him. And he said at the time he had never smoked, he had never drank or anything. And basically the guy just kept pressuring him to do it. So he took a hit from the joint and the joint was laced with crack, cocaine. And from there he was addicted. 
and to hear him tell this story, how emotional he got um, telling this story was just, it, it made me feel really bad because he battled these demons for the rest of his life. Uh, and he just really seemed genuinely, genuinely like a good dude. Uh, since his passing, a lot of people have come out said, you know, they ran into him and just what a genuine person he was. And, uh, one lady said how she met him and her father was sick and he just sat there and prayed with her and for her father. So, rest in peace, DMX. Uh, that was just some sad news to hear. But, you know, life goes on at this point. Uh, getting into some of the news topics. The trial of Derek Chauvin is still going on in Minnesota, and I personally have not watched any of it live. Uh, I've caught some clips here and there, uh, but I have to somewhat emotionally detach myself from it. Um, But from some of the clips I've seen, I've never seen uh, this amount of the number of police officers that have come to the uh, prosecution's side against Derek Chauvin is something I've never seen before. And they're all testifying against him, saying that he used excessive force. And some of the bias that I'm seeing with this whole situation, and it's, in my opinion, definitely racially motivated. Um, I continue to hear people and media outlets say the George Floyd trial. George Floyd is not on trial, he's dead. It's the Derek Chauvin trial. So that's just some of the um, gaslighting that media and people use to uh, somewhat throw. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but try to get the attention off of the defendant who's the police officer uh, by calling it the George Floyd trial when George Floyd is the victim and he's not here to speak for himself. So it's little things like that that media uses to try to kind of like uh, sympathize with the defendant. And it's a tactic that's always used. And another tactic that's used, especially when it's concerning a police officer killing a a black person, is that um, George Floyd's drug use has been a huge constant talking point uh, for non-minorities. But the fact that Derek Chauvin has had 26 previous complaints of excessive force, and that's not being advertised like George Floyd's uh, drug use is, I think that's racial bias. And it's intentional. And these are the things that happen when there's generally a black uh, victim. Whenever a black victim is shot and killed by the police, his criminal record or past history is immediately put on trial in the public. But you rarely see that when it's a white victim. You know, the the black victim is always, they basically try to smear them uh, in the media. And I've seen this forever, from back when Rodney King to Trayvon Martin, like when Trayvon Mark got killed, you know, they saw a picture of him holding a gun, uh, but even though he didn't have a gun that he he was murdered, 
uh, a picture of him in a hoodie with a fake gold grill in his mouth. And they tried to paint this picture of him being this big bad thug. But that's what they do to minorities whenever we're the victims of these types of crimes. Um, but from everything, I'm, the few clips I've seen and what I've heard, uh, to me, there should be a clear uh, guilty verdict. But at this point, you just never know. Um, so I don't get my hopes up for anything. Uh, like I said, I've kind of disconnected myself from it um, because I think it would be somewhat emotional to watch it. And especially when it's going on during my work hours. So that would definitely not put me in the best mood while I'm working. And I can't have it. Um, but in the midst of the Derek Chauvin trial in Minnesota, we just had another uh, young black man unarmed killed by a police officer in Minnesota um, about 10 minutes away from the Derek Chauvin trial is going on and this young man's name was Dante Wright I've heard a few different reasons why he was initially pulled over by the cops uh, one reason was he had too many air fresheners hanging from his rearview mirror uh, one was his registration was expired and one was he had a warrant. Um, even if all three things are true, neither should be a death sentence. Uh, and as far as the rearview mirror thing, I've definitely seen cops pull people over for having one air freshener on the rearview mirror or hanging from the rearview mirror, and that's a reason for them to stop you. And even if you haven't committed any traffic infractions or anything like that they will use that as an excuse to stop you and then I've seen them uh, say you have the aphorism because uh, you're trying to mask the odor of weed or something like that so they can search your car uh, all of these little tactics they use so the aphorism thing it sounds realistic because I've seen it happen before um, the registration was expired well apparently his mom had just bought the car a couple of weeks earlier uh, so I'm not sure about that and then he had a warrant for his arrest which come to find out was a misdemeanor warrant for a missing court in which the court summons um, was sent to the wrong address so it wasn't even his fault the court sent the the court information or the date information uh, to the wrong address. But they pulled him over, asked him to step out of the car. And the issue I have with a lot of these stops, and I'll talk about the incident in just a minute, but um, it's all in the way they approach the car. You know, they get out of the car yelling over what could be a minor traffic infraction. Uh, and I don't blame people for being scared when that's how they initially approach you. Uh, we have precedent in history of cops killing black people for no reason, so I would probably be scared too, especially if I don't think I've done anything and they're constantly yelling at me. Um, but they approach the car and get, to get out of the car. A struggle ensued uh, while they were trying to handcuff you. You hear one officer saying, taser, taser, taser. 
but yet it's her gun. She shoots him one time. He's able to get in the car and drive off a battery block where he uh, wrecks in, and that's eventually where he died. Um, now, from what I just heard a little while ago, the officer has resigned, but she had been on the force for 26 years. And after 26 years, at this point in your career, how can you mistake the feel of a taser and the feel of a gun? I would assume the weight of both would be different. Um, there's just no excuse for this. And she should be prosecuted, but yet it's... You know, people always say, well, you cops make mistakes because I heard the same in the uh, the Botham genre case they have here where the officer went to the wrong apartment and the defense of that well, you know, she was stressed out and she just made a mistake. There are some occupations where you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes or people die. You can't afford for an airplane pilot to make a mistake because people will die. Uh, you can't afford for doctors to make a mistake I mean, that's just the case. It, and then the second uh, incident, unfortunately, he's not dead, but the uh, Army Lieutenant Karan Nazario was pulled over by the cops. But I think this happened in December, but they just released the body cam footage uh, either this week or late last week. And he's a lieutenant in the Army. And he was driving and uh, saw the lights behind him. It was dark. Uh, it was at night. He was on a dark road. So he decided to drive about another mile and pull in a gas station that was well lit for his safety. He pulls over, windows down. The cops jump out of the car with their guns drawn, yelling at him. He puts both hands out of the window and they keep telling him to get out of the car or he's going to ride the light which means one of two things, either they're going to shoot him or tase him. But at this point, the officers had their guns drawn. Um, so he was definitely in fear. I could genuinely hear the fear in his voice. And he was saying that he didn't want to touch his seatbelt. He didn't want to move his hands out of their view because he was scared. And the police officer said, you should be. They asked uh, pepper sprayed him, took him out of the car. Uh, oh, and the reason they stopped him was because he had a temporary tag in the back window of the car. He had a license plate, but it was a temporary tag in the window. So that was the purpose of the stop. Um, but they get him out of the car, and of course he had he had done nothing wrong. So they decided to let him go, but basically threatened him in the midst of it. Uh, they told him that he could just let it go uh, and forget about it. And, but if he chose to pursue it, uh, I guess maybe a complaint against him that they would try to affect his uh, career in the Army. So they basically threatened his career if he chose to file a complaint against him for pepper spraying him and pulling him out of his car and go for it. Um, At this point, it's it just seems like a lot of these officers forget their de-escalation tactics when it comes to dealing with minorities. 
and I wonder why that is. Uh, it's like black people, especially men, are always uh, treated differently and assumed to be a threat than white men. Uh, a lot of times you see these situations where it starts off antagonistic and no de-escalation. And again, I will say I do think there are decent police officers out there, but um, this situation that's happened way too often where you see this aggressive, excessive uh, force by these police officers and I will continue to say to the day I die that these settlements that uh, police officers were found guilty uh, in the civil suit they're found liable that money does not need to come from taxpayers it needs to come from officers because until they're financially held responsible and sent to prison it will not stop. This has been going on for far too long and I do not think taxpayers should have to pay for the mistake of a police officer. I just don't. There, just, there has to be uh, some type of reform. And Joe Biden, this is why we put you in office. Uh, this is something we ran on. You and Kamala Harris, get your shit together and get on this. This cannot wait. This has to be done this year. In your first year, and preferably by summer. Uh, I think there's a George Floyd uh, bill that's been presented. They need to get on this. And they also need to get on the whole voting rights page. Uh, there's no more time to waste on this stuff. So they have to act now. Um, next, I want to talk about TikTok for a second. Uh, I've had a TikTok account for about five or six months. I've never made a TikTok video. I've never posted anything. I just mostly kind of scroll through. I have certain people I kind of like to watch this time. But what I've noticed, especially recently, is there are a lot of white creators that are stealing from black people, stealing their content just remaking their content and that may not seem like a big deal but if you have enough followers you can get paid from this stuff and there are people that make a lot of money from this and stealing black people's original content and making it your own that's that's not cool um last week Jimmy Fallon had a huge TikTok star on his uh, show and he had her doing a lot of these TikTok viral dances that have went viral over the past year or so. Every dance she did was created by black And my issue, which I have many, is that give the credit where it's, it's due. Um, and Jimmy Fallon got a lot of backlash for that because you know, and I'm pretty sure he didn't know that, you know, these dancers are, um, she didn't make these dances up or anything like that. So in his defense, the next day, 
he had the creators of those power dances she performed on. Now, they weren't live. I mean, they weren't at the show, but he had them through like Zoom or Skype or something like that. And they kind of explained how they came up with the dance and actually performed the dance. So I give Jimmy Fallon credit for correcting that mistake. But I saw a guy last night and I watched, they had a split screen of him and the original creators of TikTok of our videos. He mimicked the, the entire video, word for word, action for action uh, I mean it was it was ridiculous and this guy has like 2 million followers and he's making money off of this stuff by stealing other people's content there's nothing original about this guy and I'm not going to even say his name because uh, I don't want to give him any publicity or anything but stealing the content from people and making it your own it's different if you recreate the content and give the credit to the person who actually created it. But when you steal it to try to make it your own without giving credit, that's just, that's not cool. And he's been called out uh, by several creators because apparently the majority of his videos are stolen from somebody else. And he threatened a black creator and said he was going to sue them and get his lawyer for calling them out. And to me, that's the utmost privilege that you could have where you could steal other people's content and then thread the soup just because they told the truth. Uh, it's just, it's crazy. TikTok in itself, I just watch it for some entertaining person. I don't take this stuff seriously, but there's just so much bullying and attention seeking on TikTok. For instance, uh, I was watching a girl, she was doing a TikTok live Q&A kind of thing yesterday and there are people in our comments just talking about she's overweighted you know it's just I just don't understand the, the mentality of people that follow people they don't like and continue to comment negative comments on posts of people they don't like if you don't like them don't follow them but it has to be something mentally wrong for you to that's how you spend your time going on people's page you don't like and making negative comments. That says more about you than them. And also, you have a attention seeker. Uh, somebody might post a video of themselves crying. That's all they're doing is crying. And then a comment will pop up saying like and share or comment for part two. Like, I didn't even like part one. There's nothing to see. You crying. I mean, it's it's just crazy. But I don't get caught up into the stuff. Uh, I will probably never post a video. I have a couple of friends that post video. I enjoy watching their content, but some of this stuff, the bullying and the attention seeking, is just a bit too much for me. Uh, I want to Georgia boycott and Governor Brian Kemp. This douchebag uh, has been on his defend his racist voter suppression tour. Um, and hearing him go with Fox News and this line is amazing. Talking about the mischaracterization of his voting rights issue 
Um, and I've read the bill, wrote some of it, the most important part. And one of his defenses I saw yesterday was the voting issues at the long line are happening in minority communities, and that's ran by Democrats. Um, last I checked, his office makes up, or they're the ones that actually close polling places take away the drop boxes, take away um, early voting, mail-in voting, cut that down. And so he basically just doesn't tell the full truth on the uh, the law he signed into, into law, the bill he signed into law. Um, we're seeing a lot of companies speak out. Uh, Major League Baseball moved their all-star game from to Colorado. Uh, the CEO of Delta came out against the bill. Uh, Will Smith was filming a movie there. He decided to move that somewhere else. And yet now Republicans are talking about um, corporations need to stay out of politics. But yet they have no issues with the NRA. And last year with the CEO of Goya supporting Trump, they had no issues with that. So, of course, it's continued hypocrisy from them. And it's interesting that Republicans talk about Democrat in their council culture, but yet these are the same people that boycott the NFL and Nike over college characters. So, it is the hypocrisy on the right is just constant, and I don't think it will ever stop. Um, then you have Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Fox News uh, expressing his concerns over what's going on at the border. I've already said how I feel about what's going on. I don't think it's the best situation. But he was called out by Fox News uh, and asked, where was he during the four years Trump was in office? It was a mess. So you didn't say anything then, so why do you have a problem with it now? And of course, he gave some that didn't make any sense. But I appreciate the fact that I think it was Chris that called him back for his supremacy, which is what we'll continue to see from the right kind of hypocrisy all things that they didn't have an issue with when Trump was in office. And I heard a very interesting take on the Republican Party and their issue with abortion. And this made a lot of sense to me. The Republican leadership at one point had control of the city, which if they wanted to uh, overturn Roe versus Wade, they could have done uh, The majority of the Supreme Court judges are Republican. So if they wanted to overturn Roe versus Wade, they could do it. But for single voter issues, for single issue voters, um, if they were to overturn Roe versus Wade and their single issue was abortion and that was overturned, they would most likely vote for a different party. So they don't want to overturn it. They want to continue to use abortion as a common talking point every election cycle instead of actually doing something about it. Because if they actually do something about it, they would lose a lot 
having their voting base because there are a lot of people that vote on their one issue alone. And that makes a lot of sense. So uh, that's something to look for going into the next election, even uh, with guns as well, because every election you hear your guns and it's never happened. So these are two things that they could have taken care of if they won't they're single issue voters uh, on those two topics. And if they actually do something, they'll lose their vote. Makes a lot of sense to me. Then we have Matt Gates. Matt Gates is the only uh, congressman who voted against the anti-human trafficking bill and is the currently under investigation for human trafficking. I hope this will is convicted. Um, they have he paid people prostitutes, uh, underage girls by PayPal. He is one of the sleaziest people ever, and I hope he goes to prison. I can't stand it because, um, yeah, he's just a bad dude. But the, the accusations are he had a relationship with a 17 year old uh, girl, and he's denied it. There seems to be proof that that may be true. Uh, one of his friends who basically was with him during all of this and participated is actually in jail takes charges and apparently has accepted a plea deal uh, for his cooperation. So that could end very badly for Matt Gates, which I hope it does. So I don't like the way it And then here in Texas, Toledo High School, there were a group of students, uh, ninth graders, who decided to have uh, a slave option on Snapchat, where they basically bought and sold their black classmates. And just even the thought of that, someone coming up there setting it up, is somewhere mind-boggling for like 2021. So I'm just going to leave that right there. And let me get to the verbal middle finger for this week as I wrap it up. My verbal middle finger for this week goes to the two girls in D.C., 15 and 13-year-old girl who robbed an Uber East driver. They stole his car with him hanging on the side of it. They took off down the street, turned the corner, and flipped the car on the side, causing the death of this innocent. Um, these two girls do a lot of time in prison. This is something that could have been avoided. It was very unnecessary. You have this innocent man just out working and you steal his car and you basically kill him. And you're 13, 15 years old and you've ruined your life. So, hopefully they'll have a lot of time to think about that. And, but there's no bringing this man back. Like they took away from his family over something that says there's no excuse for it. I can't. Um, there's no justification. So, both of you 
little finger that you deserve. I hope you get what you deserve. And the question is, before you argue with someone, ask yourself, is this person mentally mature enough to grasp the concept of different perspectives? If not, there's no point to argue. That's it for this week. Hope y'all have a good rest of the week. God bless. Peace.